Hey, I'm going to be in Lexington. I know it's far Oh, yeah, no, can't make it. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, I was hitting up the other guys. This is episode 277 of Bourbon Pursuit, the podcast featuring news, reviews, and interviews with the people making the bourbon whiskey industry happen. Before we start today's podcast with the 50th Bourbon Community Roundtable, here's your weekly bourbon news update. Walmart and the Texas ABC are back at it, and Walmart is trying to take it to the U.S. Supreme Court. Walmart can sell beer and wine in Texas, but it is prohibited from owning a package store permit, and therefore prohibited from selling spirits. The retailer filed a lawsuit against the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission in 2015, claiming it is irrationally banned for being a public company. In 2018, the U.S. District Court sided with Walmart and the Texas ABC filed for appeal. The Fifth Circuit Court then ruled in favor of the Texas ABC, reversing the District Court's decision, and in June, Walmart decided to take its case to the U.S. Supreme Court. Walmart is citing the Tennessee Total Wine case as it conflicts with the ruling of the Fifth Circuit Court. With more references to the Tennessee Total Wine Court ruling, Ohio and Michigan are also facing backlash for prohibiting direct-to-consumer shipments from out-of-state wineries and distilleries. Both Ohio and Michigan are saying that the 21st Amendment protects them, as it should be left to the state. Both parties claim that it can't monitor or regulate liquor sales across the state, and they will lose out on taxes that are coming in as well. Beam Suntory has agreed to pay a $19.5 million fine to resolve a criminal probe for bribes to sell a line of its products in India, the U.S. Justice Department has said. Beam paid bribes to Indian officials to obtain business in India from the time it acquired the Indian business in 2006 all the way to 2012, mostly through third-party sales, promoters, and distributors, according to the settlement. Joseph A. Magnus is relocating its operations from Washington, D.C. to Holland, Michigan, effective October 31, 2020. Master blender Nancy Fraley will remain connected with the Magnus brand. Everyone is familiar with Jim Beam's Legend, a combination of distilling with the nose and the blending expertise of Suntory's chief blender. And we reviewed that on a previous Whiskey Quickie. They are announcing a new denim collaboration with fashion designer Todd Snyder. Together, Legend and Snyder will release a limited edition bourbon selvage denim jacket, expertly tailored using super premium, hand-selected Japanese denim to deliver a collaboration rooted in American tradition with Japanese craftsmanship. It's now available for pre-order at toddsnyder.com for $250. And now moving on to bourbon release news. Master distiller Jim Rutledge, formerly of Four Roses and on episodes 11, 12, and 178, is not calling it quits yet. He's partnered with the Jordan shoe designer from Nike to release Blue Run, a 13-year-old Kentucky bourbon bottled at 113 proof and will be a limited supply run of 2,600 bottles only available in Kentucky and Georgia. It will have a retail price of $170. Maker's Mark has partnered with Keeneland for the second time in 2020 to create a limited edition bottle with the proceeds to support the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. The bottle is all white with the 2020 Breeders' Cup logo on the front with purple wax and has a green wax Keeneland medallion stamped on the front. The bottle will be sold in limited quantities at select retailers in Kentucky on Friday, October 30th. No price was given. It's the 50th recording of the Bourbon Community Roundtable. 
four and a half years later, we're finally at this milestone of a podcast. I won't get sappy because there's plenty of that towards the end, but we kick off the show talking about the recent news of many secondary groups banning Van Winkle sales. And then we take a look back at our time together and play a few games of Who Said That? Enjoy today's episode, and here's Fred Minnick with the Bub the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. It is Halloween. Ooh, spooky. That means it's time for the daddy tax. That's right. When my children get candy, daddy goes through the bag and looks through there and sees what he wants. Of course, no one can really say what the taxation situation will be like this year due to COVID and nobody really trick-or-treating. I'm going to be very curious to see how that all goes, but I'll tell you what is not changing, and that is breaking out the bourbon to pair with Halloween candy. Oh my goodness, is there a better pairing in the world than Halloween candy and bourbon? Oh, I don't think so. I love the taste of a Twizzlers up against a Four Roses single barrel, or a Reese's in Old Forester 1920, or perhaps my favorite of them all is to break out an Old Dusty with that kind of, that like touch of oak and bitterness and licorice, black licorice note, and pair that up against a piece of dark chocolate. Ooh, the bitter on bitter just really melts my mouth every single time. So as you are out there looking through your child's candy, do not forget to take care of yourself. The mommy and daddy tax is a very serious issue in this country, and we need to make sure that our children pay the same price that we did. No, they should pay double what we did. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe out there, and that's going to do it for this week's Above the Char. Make sure you're following me on all the socials and YouTube. Just search for my name, Fred Minnick. Until next week, cheers. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long.
And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. Welcome, everybody. It is the 50th episode of the Bourbon Community Roundtable. We did it. We're finally here four and a half years later. We finally, we're after 50 of these. That's, a, that's amazing. Uh, very, very excited to actually have every single person that was a core member of this crew to actually be here tonight. And apologies in advance to my wife who had to be editing this because Lord knows there'll be a lot of talking over and trying to figure out who's speaking at one point. So we'll, uh, we'll do our best to kind of just move this thing along as well so fred ryan good to see you all here as well i'm super excited for tonight's episode yeah it was a pleasure man this is an awesome one i mean we're we're amongst friends and i miss everybody here it's so good to see you what a what a great occasion of course i'm i was uh late to this incredible party but ryan you you're an og man you you uh you're the people's champ and this is the 50th round table how's that make you feel I'm not sure. I was trying to think back like on all the 50 and like the the first like 10 and I'm like, I don't even remember. It's like a blur. Uh, you know, it's Kenny's great idea to put this all together and it uh, we didn't know how well it'd be and it ended up being one of our most popular shows ever always. So uh, yeah, kudos to Kenny for coming up with this idea and getting this talent around us because, you know, Kenny and I were idiots and we needed all these real bloggers, you know, to, 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 uh, make this legitimate. See, there's somebody clearing their throat down here and I know, I know exactly what he's getting ready to say too. I'm just saying maybe the idea didn't completely start with Kenny. So I will say, you know, the whole, the whole Twitter message thread that we all had together was definitely Carrie's brainchild right there. And that's kind of yeah. how we all started talking and stuff like that. But, you know, I think the podcast. I don't know. I, I might. I might take sixty forty on that one. I can't remember. You, you can take seven. You can take ninety. I just well, he always <laughs> told me it was his idea. Carrie. He always I'm told pretty me. sure when you interviewed us, you guys, you, you gonna, talked about like getting something going like that. It no. was like be, when when the idea wasn't really an idea. Yeah, it yeah. was at the end of it. Just I want to get guys on and just just talk bourbon, not like on a regular basis, and it kind of left there. So I, I'm I'm going to say there's a split there too, and then I think Carrie kind of tied everybody together. So kind of 50 50 <laughs> so you now heard brian the as our trademark lawyer are we are we by kenny admitting that uh carrie played a role in that are we in any way are we in trouble down the road well it yeah. all depends when that cash starts flowing in yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't see anybody with the sponsor logo at the bottom of this right now so yeah. i think we're good yeah i think we're good yeah so that's what i'm saying we're, we're good on that front so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take a look back at four years and 50 episodes. And before we go too far and do our traditional introductions, you know, I want to also say shout out to other past BCR guests that have been on the show. We used to have Max Christie from Superfly Bourbon Club, Ryan Lentz from Bourbon Buddy, Wade Woodard of Tater Talk, Marion Eves of, of course, Marion Eves, David Jennings of Rarebird, and of course, Carla Carlton. So thank you to everybody that has been a, a past stand-in on this roundtable to 
give their opinions on hot topics and culture and everything like that. The first BCR episode actually went live September 16th of 2016, and it was episode 65 of the podcast. So it actually took uh, quite a long time before we even started kicking off these roundtables. And, you know, over the years, we've picked some barrels together. We've some of us have started new businesses. We've shared the stage together at a music festival. Uh, we've had two people here that have tried to do apps and abandoned them. So there's a lot of things that we've all tried to do. I mean, it's it's been fun to to see the the successes and you know even the not so successes. But it's learning from all those failures. Well. I understand the the app was a failure. Okay, I, get <laughs> well, I can say that. Let's go ahead and let the person who introduced themselves, who has never missed a roundtable, Cal Ripken of it, Blake. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, it's hard to believe, you know, been here for all 50 of them. And as Chris Wiseman put in the uh, comments, Ryan was not at the first one, which is, it was kind of hard to believe. I actually went back and listened to some of the early roundtables tonight and I could have sworn he was there, but, uh, and, you know, number two, we talked about him not being there, but no, it's (laughs) honestly one of the most fun things I do and able to be a part of in the bourbon world, um, always enjoy coming on here. That's why I try not to miss them. Um, you know, rain or shine, try to be here. Cal Ripken's got to keep the streak alive. But um, I guess I should say also, this is Blake from Bourboner and Sealbox. But if you're watching the 50th episode, you probably know that by now. So once again, guys, thanks for having me. Yeah. And that one time you were at Disney and you had to run outside and be on the cell phones. I put four kids to bed after Disney and still jumped on from the parking lot. And I was getting like angry text messages from Kenny, like your sounds terrible. Why are you on here? Go back. <laughs> Please drop I off. I did it. But I just want to say I did make it for that episode. So I think I was just tired for the first one. So I just skipped it, you know, it was like, <laughs> and I remember Blake, Blake, early on, before I was a part of the show, you reached out to me and you were like, hey, you should come on to this round table uh, and talk about bourbon culture and everything. And I was like, I was kind of intrigued by it. It it didn't really um, it didn't really match with my schedule at the time. But I remember thinking to uh, to myself, I was like, this is the around the horn for bourbon, you know, like because I watched around the horn for on ESPN. And it was it was a lot like that. So I mean, I just think this is this was ingenious for you know 2016. The 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 media world of bourbon was kind of in the middle stages, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's exciting to see how far it's come. For sure, yeah. So I'll take credit for bringing Fred on the show. So y'all are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's taking credit for something. I got yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. We'll let the guys from Breaking Bourbon go next. Yeah, sure. So this is Jordan BreakingBourbon.com. Um, you know, when you're in the liquor store figuring out what to buy, check us out. We're always there for you. Along with me is uh, I'll let Nick introduce himself. Yeah. So, hey, guys, this is Nick, uh, one of the other uh, guys from Breaking Bourbon. Uh, glad to be here. You know, our uh, our third guy, there's three of us. Uh, Eric, I think he's been on one round table so far. I'm trying to remember uh, when that was, but I'm pretty sure he was on. That was when Kerry was on. He was a big he's a huge part of Breaking Bourbon, too. I know he's not on these round tables like Jordan and I are. So I want to give a shout out to him because uh, he spends an insane amount of time doing site work uh, behind the scenes, of course, reviewing and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Happy to see everybody. There's a lot of chatter uh, over in the uh, the chat, so that's awesome. I mean, I want to see some good questions and you know just a lot of chatter. So glad to hear, be here, guys. 
Great. All right, Brian, go for it, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me again. This is incredible. I've, I think I've made most of them. Uh, obviously, nowhere near Cal Ripken over there, but uh, it, it's been fun. This has been a great run. Uh, I'm in it for another 150 more. Let's. Uh, I'll be ready for the bicentennial. Um, anyhow, Brian with uh, Sippin' Corn. You can find me at bourbonjustice.com, sippincorn.com, and all the socials at, at Sippin' Corn. And I've loved how we've been able to touch um, in important kind of breaking news, uh, kind of almost hard hitting news on some of the things, and then still balance it with the fun side of culture and, and the fun things happening in the bourbon world and not taking ourselves too seriously. So great brainchild from all of you who have created this, and I'm just glad to be along. We're happy you're here for us or with us too, buddy. Careful, right. Brian. That, that news in the bourbon world, we, we've got that trademark. So <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things Lauren can edit out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to our attorney about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, down here to the bottom right, the man who actually knows how to use the mute button, which has been impressive. I mean, it must be I feel like, like, a, like I'm off my game. I'm nervous. So I'm breathing heavy. So I got to mute myself. It's just, no, it's, it's you get out of sync. It's perfect. We love it. We love people that know how to make sure there's no background noise. Cool. Well, hey guys, this is Kerry. I have a blog called suburbia.com, S-U-B-O-U-R-B-I-A. But honestly, I don't know if I paid to renew it. So I, <laughs> it, it may still be up. It may not. Um, I'm on Instagram, but I'll be honest, I've gotten completely tired of hashtags. Why do you got to put like 100 hashtags on every post? It's driving me crazy. So I know my buddy told me the other day that Trump and I are the only two people he knows that are on Twitter, but that's still my home is Twitter. So you can mainly find me there. I still think it's the, the best place for quick photos, discussion, et cetera. But I'm going to have Kenny teach me TikTok pretty soon mm. so that maybe I can, I can move over there. You know, everybody, everybody like made a... fun of it. And then look what happened this past week. Mm-hmm. Things just blew up. It blew up. I mean, I, honestly, it, it's been crazy to have a video go viral. I've had it's been almost like 30 plus million views on wow. that one video wow. now that's been Jeez. reposted through a bunch of accounts. We've great. I think we gained like fifteen thousand Instagram followers in the past three days. Like it's been, it's been, it's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good little run there. I really can't escape it. Like every time I go to Instagram, it's some account that I follow is reposting it. It's like, well, what do you think about eight hundred dollar ice? And I, I just comment every time. These guys are jerks. I don't care about their ice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I said, it's been fun. It's been fun, and you know, it wouldn't have been possible without uh, one of our our partnerships with meltdown so if it was just me sitting there talking it wouldn't have done anything so really cool to be able to see that happen so we've got kind of gonna be happy about that right uh, i'd (laughs) I'd say so i think they i think they've uh should be very happy with kind of how crazy it's gone they struck internet gold for the day so man heaven hill gets the the free free 30 million views Way to go, Kenny. I know. I'm kicking myself. I was like, why didn't I just use Pursuit Series? I should have just used Pursuit Series. <laughs> it would have been fine. Had you known. So for tonight's roundtable, we've got one actual bourbon business topic to kind of go over before we start going over some, you know, some reminiscing, some games of like who said what and kind of do we still feel the same about some of the things we used to say as well. And that is coming from something that kind of came to light last night and that there are no more sales of Pappy Van Winkle that are be taking place in some of the Facebook groups, marketplaces, whatever it is. And this is because they complained about the growing cases of fraud that they've seen and Van Winkles being sold and really taking up a lot of their time to actually do tracing and verification. And it was just a 
blanket sweep that said, we're not going to do this anymore. And we've seen a lot of groups actually follow suit as well. I think this is a very interesting take to kind of have, especially as we come into release season, which will probably be in the next two to three weeks as we'll probably start seeing these drop. And I don't think it's going to change people's perception of going out and buying them or doing anything. However, it'll be a little bit different to actually not see any boards flooded with stuff for a while. I'll uh, I'll leave it to the room and see what other people think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's an interesting thing. And I was talking with somebody about it uh, that was involved. And basically, they're saying, like, look, we we know somebody had um, caps from uh, the the distillery and and some fakes have popped up with these caps traced back to the same person and just got tired of trying to you know um, make sure these bottles are authentic and it's really interesting because you know it, it seems like it'd be easy for Buffalo Trace to come out and say hey we're gonna do um, you know some kind of RFD chip or, or something where it prevents fraud on these caps but if they do that then they're stuck admitting that people are reselling them and you know they're very against the secondary so they're kind of a tough place where i think it's interesting is now with like the kentucky vintage spirit laws all these bars and everyone are buying up bottles to you know then pour at their restaurant bar wherever it is um so i think something needs to be done uh, kind of from the distillery side to protect a lot of these um these bottles from you know, being counterfeited. But um, as far as the sales go, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there'll still be places to buy it. I'm sure people will still be flipping them on Craigslist and everywhere else. But I think it's a, a step in a, an okay direction. I think yeah, this, I mean, this this move comes at a very interesting time. Uh, you know, Wright Thompson, a friend of mine, a, like a really amazing sports writer, is coming out with the book Pappy Land. And and there's just I'm like glad you said that, Fred. I'm yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. I did have it. I take a picture earlier. Good book. Well played. <laughs> I mean, he's actually like he's doing a thing where like you buy, you you pre-order a book and you get into a raffle uh, through Square Books. You know, pretty cool uh, deal. I would. Like I wish I was like I wish I had that uh, for selling my books. I mean, Brian, you know what it's like to sell books. That'd have been really nice. But it's uh, I, I just think that this is interesting in the in the narrative of of Pappy. I've talked to, uh, with a lot of people, and I just feel like there's a lot of Pappy fatigue. Period. And I think people are just kind of like you know moving on. And this might be this might be it. This might be the moment where you know the the core like bourbon world is just like fucking done i, I mean i'm done i mean i i've seen it in like the like the real auctions that like whiskey auctioneer and christie's and skinners i mean pappy prices are not going up like michter's prices are like you're starting to see some bottles that are trending at a, at a higher rate in some of these auction sites and so i i just think that this is part of the constant uh fatigue that we're seeing with pappy and it's just i mean good good for those who are choosing to make this decision because i know it, it probably it probably wasn't easy but at the same time it's probably the right decision for the groups i've had pappy fatigue since uh episode one of bcr so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i'm, I'm kind of glad that, that this is happening because at the, you know i'm like who cares you know i've been i haven't hunted for pappy and you know, four and a half years or more. And, uh, you know, I think it's crazy. I mean, 
you know, I mean, obviously there's a market for it, so it should probably continue, but it's a, I, I don't see how Buffalo Trace can like, like you said, Kenny or Blake, you can't admit to like, we're going to stop fraudulent selling on the secondary market. So it's like, what are they supposed to do? You know, I don't know. So it's like one of the instances like where they just stuck their foot on the ground and said, we're not going to do anything and it's going to work itself out kind of. So kudos to them on that. I think it's, it's a good move for people in the bourbon groups in terms of not having to deal with it and all the admins and stuff. But it, we may be fatigued to Pappy, but culturally it's ingrained now. Like it hit that moment status where it is ingrained. Mm-hmm. It's like, right, Cohibas and Cuban cigars or something. People are just after them. They want to say they're, you know, they have Cohibas. Are they real? Or are they fake? They don't care as long as they believe it is what it is and they're enjoying it. That's all that counts, right? So the demand is there and people don't even drink bourbon. They at least know what Pappy is, right? So I, I think for the non-core bourbon drinkers, it's not going to make a difference. It's still going to move really quickly outside of core Facebook groups. I think for us, right, and everyone watching this and listening to this and those who are hardcore bourbon drinkers, it, it's just like a sigh of relief to not have to see nonstop happy posts around this time, right? Like let, let some other bourbons actually get the focus they deserve. And um, hopefully people will start expanding. And if they want to spend a ton of money on bourbon, that's great. But there's other great things out there to try instead, right? Well, so, I'm just saying that, if you want to sell your Pappy to me, I'm happy. I'll send you my contact info. I actually just poured Pappy 15. It's still really good, so I'm happy to buy it from you. I, I do think, um, you know, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference because Pappy's become just like a commodity for, you know, the the bourbon you can't get. It's not the average everyday person who's racking up the Pappy. It's the you know the corporate sales party that wants to have Pappy and the. Um, you know, the expensive, uh, you know, I just keep thinking corporate functions where they buy the Pappy and that's, that's not going to change. I mean, those people are still going to be buying. I I know in Atlanta, the people that, you know, purchase Pappy and they ask you and there's nothing on Facebook. It's all offline. They're, they're always looking, they're always buying. Yeah. I don't think that changes. I think maybe, maybe the price will change a little bit, but you know, it's, it's funny. We, we're getting to a point where we, we always used to complain about the secondary market and now we're actually praising the heads of secondary markets for making a decision regarding Pappy. Interesting point. I will say that, you know, when you look at, I help a lot of charities, you know, with getting bourbon to uh, help raise money for their causes. Uh, I got one that's coming up that's helping kids who have been abused and, you know, they have a Pappy raffle that's coming up and I just helped the Ronald McDonald house. Uh, They a hundred bucks a piece They had 1500, 1500, you know, tickets. Went like that. I mean, they made $150,000 off of that. I think I think while we get so frustrated and angry about this, the one thing that I can say that the Van Winkles have always done and Pappy has always done is it has always raised a lot of money for charities out there. And like if you are if you are in the mood for spending secondary pricing, I'd recommend like trying to find a charity and you know spending it, that money there finding an auction that is connected to because you can always find an auction you can always find a school uh i mean you can get pappy i i swear there's more that goes to charities now you know directly from retailers than is going into uh, a, a lot of markets like say boise idaho you know it's but if you can get it just through charities it's, Which, and not all of yeah. those are from the retailers a lot of folks i know have donated yeah. pappy to those things and so to, to blake's earlier point I think it makes sense for Buffalo Trace, for Sazerac to have to use the technology that's there. And there's some simple technology and there's some more complicated technology. It'd be really easy to implement because if I'm buying it at an auction, which I'm not going to do that either, 
I want to know it's authentic. And the and the vintage spirit bars want to know it's authentic. And if you're going there and you've got a business dinner and you're going to lay down the money for Pappy, and I wouldn't do that either, you want to know it's authentic. I just want to I want to make one quick point about, and I want to make sure I, people understand. I love Sazerac. I love all their products. I love Buffalo Trace. It's just if you've ever seen the foil of a Pappy half the time there is wrinkles or crudges or so their quality control in general, I don't think really cares that much. So I don't see them doing another step to put, you know, they're, they're like, look, this is good bourbon. We know it's good. We're releasing it. But as far as putting trackers and RFIDs and all that kind of crap, they're like, we don't, we don't need to, because we don't care. Yeah, about that. You know, they put, they put the wrong foil on the 15 years what was that three years ago now that they did that <laughs> and just didn't like say hey let's rip it off and start again they just said eh, send it out so i mean and i look at it from this perspective too whenever they were releasing these things and came up with the bottle and package design what was pappy 15 released uh i mean what 15 years no it would have been a little call it 20 years ago and I don't think they ever thought in a thousand years that they need things like you know anti-fraud tampering bottle caps or something whatever it is so uh, you know it's hard to say that now just because it's so popular and i know we're all kind of you know we're getting the the bourbon hipster comments but i don't think any of us are saying it's not good it's just like at this point is it worth chasing after um and if people are going to chase after it because obviously it's the most sought after bourbon you would want them to be assured that it is uh, you know, it is the real deal. Uh, I'd, I'd hate for a bottle to end up in a charity auction that you know, raises, like Fred said, $100,000 and come back to find out it was an empty and they've got the bottle from eBay and it was um, a fake. So I, I think that's all we're really talking about here is, you know, McCollin did this a couple years ago where, where they added um bottle caps or, or something that, that stopped it. But I don't know. It, it's a hard problem to solve. And at the end of the day, I think the cost involved, you know, those caps probably cost them two cents a piece. So to get something that would stop it is it's what I'm assuming a quarter a piece. Well, that's a big deal. Well, and labor too. Yeah. Thousands of bottles. So um, I'm not sure that we really have a good handle on how many fakes are really out there and how many fakes are really going through the, the, you know, relatively accessible secondary groups online versus what's happening, you know, person to person. And even in other countries where, you know, you hear about these, you know, these gigantic schemes going on in places like China, where they just basically create a whole product, copy it and sell it as if, you know, it was the original and, and they actually have a massive business behind it, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, how much is actually, you know, getting, going through and getting the people in the United States and how much is actually going through those online secondary groups. I mean, if that is a big volume and this does cut it back, I got to believe that the liquor store owners, at least who, you know, are, it maybe have given it to a friend or sold it online before, you know, through a, you know, non-retailer means now, if they have to go person to person and everybody that comes in say, hey, I have something in the back, that's going to be a much smaller market. That's going to be willing to pay, those exorbitant prices, you know, so that may, you know, fizzle off the exorbitant prices a little bit to that extent. But I think some good points here too, that, you know, a lot of it is the big company stuff. It's the brand everybody knows. It's the brand everybody wants to be. And we're seeing a lot more brands, you know, 
do things like host tastings and actually talk about, you know, bourbon and that kind of thing. And so, you know, maybe there's enough market there that it just follows that. And I think somebody made the comment, it's, it's mainstream. And I agree with that. You know, it's just a name that everybody knows, you know, when I'm talking with people who don't know everything, anything about bourbon, they bring up Pappy kind of like the only one from a name brand they can, they can think of, you know, so that right there is an impressive and massive market share that's going to have some legs on it. That will be curious to see how that unfolds in the next couple of years. And there's one thing I want to kind of interject before we kind of move on to the next part is uh, dovetailing a little off what Blake said. You know, he had mentioned a hundred thousand dollar bottle going to auction. That's an expensive pappy right there, buddy. I don't know, I don't know what kind of well, bottle you, you found. Know, but. You know how some of these uh, you, uh, a raffle, like for, a, raffle. a raffle. You know, if they sell a hundred hundred dollar tickets, they sell. I'm just giving you, giving you help, buddy. Yeah, come, come on, on. <laughs> We don't, we don't go after, uh, we don't mess with the Cal Ripken. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) But but the other thing is there was a, uh, another comment that came in the chat talking about prices. Like they've maintained very competitive pricing for a very long time for some of the bourbons that are well known to fetch five X, six X it's actual market value yet. They don't do anything about it. They don't change what they're trying to get off of it. So if we expect them to go and try to tackle fraud, Maybe we should give them the leeway to say, okay, start adding a little bit more of these into the cost of what it actually is going to take to either build in, whether it's traditional physical manufacturing pieces to it, whether it's a digital footprint and you check it in an online database. I don't know whatever it is, but all that comes at a cost. And you can't just sit there and say, yeah, this $80 bottle, I should be able to have it and not have it be for 500 and it shouldn't be on the secondary, blah, 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 blah. I think it's just a lot of really far-fetched thinking for a lot of folks to to really go into. I think yeah. before we close that, the one other thing about Pappy that it offers that the others don't is just the experience factor at this point. Uh, as an example, I brought a 10-year-old rip to um, kids' sporting event. I won't get into details, but basically I let <laughs> two people try it, and they were blown away. They were like, I've never had Pappy, you know, and I've never had the 10-year, blah, blah, blah. Like, it offers an experience that I wish other bourbons would move into. I wish... Michter's 20 would move into that. Some of the Heaven Hill ultra age products would move into the mainstream kind of thing. I I would say Michter's is there. I think Michter's is there. I, I, you, me, so many people watch billions that if they see that bottle, they want that over Pappy. Yeah, true. Pappy has that, honestly, though. It's, I mean, people know Pappy, but they also just know the red bag, right? That's literally what, like, that's, I mean, people know Michter's, but Pappy, they just see the red bag and they know what it means, right? That's it. It's so synonymous now with what that bourbon is. And that was probably one of the smartest moves, unbeknowing to them doing it, that they could have done. Yeah, there, there's no shortage of rich people that want nice, fancy things for, yeah. you know, that like Pappy, a bottle of Pappy is nothing, you know. For yeah. Them. I, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you people approach me like, I don't care what it costs. Just get it to me. And I'm like, well, right. I can't even get it. So I still compare it to wine. I mean, people are paying $10,000 for a bottle of Bordeaux all the time. Like it's nothing in that's for one sitting, at least a bottle of Pappy 23, you know, maybe you're paying 2000 bucks and it'll last you, you know, years or at least a lot of people in one fun night. So, um, I, I still think there's room for it to continue to go up. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. yeah Ready to put this one to bed? Like scotch. Put it to bed. Yeah. Everybody wants to, go, let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's, let's, yeah. talk, let's do some reminiscing. Ooh. So, ah, oh boy. This is, uh, let's, let's go to a little segment we'll call, do we still feel the same? So in Bourbon Community Roundtable number seven, one of the questions I posed was, what bottles would you say are a must for a noob? So if you're going to start with five bottles, what would be on your list? 
If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So in Bourbon Community Roundtable number seven, one of the questions I posed was, what bottles would you say are a must for a noob? So if you're going to start with five bottles, what would be on your list? Oh, man. Do we hold on? That, that was roundtable number seven. Roundtable number seven. Are you going to tell us? I'm, what I'm guessing like 75% of the bottles we said are no longer available. <laughs> I have some of the answers to somebody's uh, response to here, but let's kind of go around a little yeah. bit and let's maybe not everybody go, but let's kind of just throw out some bottles today for anybody that's actually getting into this. What are the some five? What are the five bottles that you should start out with? Okay, I'll go yeah. first. Eagle Rare, Buffalo Trace, uh, Heaven Hill Seven Year Bottled and Bond, um, Elijah Craig Small Batch, and a Four Roses Small Batch or Single Barrel. Very good. I think it, I think it's all good. You know, I think Buffalo Trace is still kind of a hit and miss, especially mm-hmm. Eagle Rare. I mean, around here in Kentucky, we can't find Eagle Rare on the shelf. It's impossible. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and I'll jump in. And, and that seven year isn't everywhere, so we can't get that. I, I, th- I bet you I would have said in 2016, uh, I would have said Elijah Craig 12 year. And I agree with Carrie that the Elijah Craig small batch would be on the list now. I'd put the Four Roses small batch select on it. Um, and then there, it's it gets tough after that. I mean, th- then you, you get people who want to try something new. And I would definitely recommend a wilderness trail for them, um, uh, particularly the rye. I mean, they, they can't mm-hmm. miss on that. And then um, it's it. I don't know. It gets. To, I'll, I'll do those top three and and end it end it there. I yeah, I think you. I think you got to throw in wild turkey rare breed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, agree you on think, the. You think rare breed for a for a beginner, or do you think you the say like you should Are go we think completely new to bourbon in general because if so you got to go all low proof so then you know maybe mm-hmm. 
are they still making the 86 proof? I guess they are, right? Yeah. 101. I, I, you know, I, I gotta say, like, never, never underestimate a person's palate. Just because you think they're new doesn't mean they're gonna like that, that watered down bull mess of Basil Hayden, you know? <laughs> so, a lot, I, I, I really, well, they're our Basil Hayden sponsorship. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can even get it with a 10 year age statement, too. Yeah. Well, you know, they called Kitty the dream killer. I'm the sponsor killer. So, <laughs> while Ryan's a people's champion. Uh, but I, I have, I have rare breed on my list. I also have because I, I think that the, the, the journey of being new is tasting, uh, batches and releases and kind of seeing how a brand can defer from batch to batch. And I think barrel bourbon does a brilliant job of showing you how different bourbon can be. Now, granted that's because they're getting whiskey from all over the damn place. Uh, and then four rows, of single barrel, Elijah Craig, small batch. Great. Every day one to get. And then one that I'm surprised that it's not on anyone's list is makers. Mark. I mean, yep. makers for what it is, is fine. Yep. Yeah, I'd say Makers, Makers 46, um, any of those would be great. As well as I, I'm a big fan of Michter's Bourbon. It, it still seems to be a lot of places, either that or throwing like an old Forester 1920, 1910, whatever they can find. A very long beginner list, right? So, <laughs> so they only have 50 bottles to buy and $2,000 to drop. But uh, they... but I think the key is variation too, right? It's more so like, you know, if I'm recommending stuff to folks, right? Makers is on my list, right? Get people after Weed of Bourbon, Wild Turkey 101, Bottle of Buffalo Trace, Elijah Craig Small Batch, right? And then something from Old Forester. And that's whether, you know, you need to pull somebody in with a Woodford or you just need to pull somebody in with a lower proof Old Forester just so they get that variation in tasting different distilleries and figuring out where they gravitate to, right? And, and if we can expand it, it'd probably be like a Four Roses too, just so you can be like, all right, this is a type of mashable I prefer. And then you start guiding down that journey. But I think that's the most important thing, right? Yeah, I agree with you on Old Forester. I didn't even think about that. That's why we have you, Jordan. Like you, any, steer, us, anytime. you steer us the right way. <laughs> Old Forester yeah, okay. 1920? Or the ride, for, I mean, that ride like twenty bucks. Yeah, yep, great yeah. ride for. Low when we're talking about the new person, though, that uh, I do love the uh, the nineteen twenty. I mean, that's my favorite of the yeah. whiskey row series. But for a new person, I, I've given that to some people relatively new, and it, I mean, it punches you in the face. The proof does anyhow. So that's yeah, why you I go with 1910. 1910 is the double. Yeah, or 1897 yeah. or 18. And when you're starting off, yeah. you don't like a lot of proof. So you offer yeah. maybe an $800 ice cube to water it down a little bit. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to have real sponsorship to get that thing. <laughs> but I mean, well, this, this is the range. The good way. thing to see is that now there's so much more on the market at a at even a lower price point than we talked about a few years. So I'll, I'll kind of give uh, some answers that we had a few years ago here. So Jordan's answers back in the day. Which surprised though we actually said it uh, was first was old granddad one fourteen, right? Mm -hmm. Still available on the shelf, still solid, even for somebody that says they love uh, Basil Hayden. Be like, here you go, try this. Henry McKenna ten, it's dead. So thanks, Fred. Yeah. Thanks, Fred. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Fred. <laughs> uh, Eagle Rare, which is already mentioned, of course, is Makers, and then uh, Evan Williams Single Barrel. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, time. I kind of forget about that one. To be honest, when was the last Evan Williams? You don't see it anymore. I was I cleaning know, out my basement the other night, and I had a little bottle or a bottle, and had like a little pour of Evan Williams single barrel from like '96 or something. I was like, ooh, it was awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, really since, since we talked about that though, it's slowly it keeps going down in age, 
yes, right? right? Which is interesting. So not not as easily to recommend. Uh, don't bring up depressing shit, Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Jenny, do you have mine? You have mine? Really single barrel, though. If you want to start collecting, I mean, just start buying each year. I mean, like Ryan just said, that 96, that was, I think, that blind tasting we all did. I remember that one was, I think that one was the winner in the blind tasting. And no one guessed that's what it was going to be, if I remember right. But, you know, yeah. that's when you start collecting now. You get one or two bottles from each year. You look back, like, 30 years from now and you've got all these vintage bottles you can taste the difference as it goes they're really low cost assuming they're in your area i mean i've already bought based on where my kids ages are so far one has 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 passed the date put in oak so i bought a few bottles of that very as close as i could find it was birthday and i told him i said that this will be your first bottle of bourbon you know we'll have it when you can drink it and uh you know so then i've just bought those each year, just keep them sealed because I have one open right now. That's enough. And I'm going to look back on it and that stuff's going to become like the vintage dusty stuff. Maybe, you know, at least 20 or 30 years from now, it's probably going to taste different than what they're putting out at that time. So that's a cool one. You can actually date really easily. Yep. And then uh, some other probably, one, probably to no surprise was that Blake and Brian both said you need to have Blanton's in that. My things can change. Granted, you know, Blanton's is still good bourbon. And at the time it was sitting on shelves and it looked cool. And I don't think either of us would have predicted Blanton's would be what it is today, you know, four years later. Um, so I stand by my answers. I st- <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Not backing down. Blanton's is like the new Pappy. That like, oh, you gotta, you gotta get a Blanton's. You gotta get in line at seven a.m. and line up to get Blanton's. People just go crazy for Blanton's. I don't. Yeah. And all the groups are like, it, man. It, it's on, it's on the shelves at the distillery today. You know, they say that at nine a.m. and I guess people are driving special trip. It's like, I mean, I felt me and Kenny fell prey to it. We were there and they were like, we got these little Blanton's bottles. And we're like, shit. All right. right mini Blanton's are cool, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, wow. We're the worst. <laughs> I, I would buy mini Blanton's. If I found they were the mini ones. The three, seven, five. Yeah. were like, I would okay. Buy <laughs> Meanwhile, Buffalo Trace was t- taking a TikTok, making fun of y'all buying mini Blanton's bottles. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, it's got a, it's got a worst thing on it. Or something. <laughs> Kenny, what were mine? Would you say? What were mine? Oh, I don't have everybody's. I just, I just had a, a little bit of note oh, over so here. You had everybody else. Listen, we've got a lot more fun <laughs> yeah, stuff to go cool. through. Don't, yeah. don't you worry. I probably so, wasn't on that episode, so I didn't have a list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into a, another uh, question here. So back on episode 143, which was Roundtable 19. It was one of the first times we actually talked about shipping, and we all know that shipping has drastically changed over the years, and, and we got one person here that's actually taken good advantage over it, so it's been awesome to see that that business bloom, but one of the things that we also talked on there was really the rise of MGP, and one of the questions I had posed is, are we getting tired of seeing $100 MGP bourbons? And that was when $100 was really like, the, that was the ceiling, and people were getting ready to start going for it. Now we are looking at $100 as kind of being the norm. You know, Ryan and I, we had a conversation, I think it was last week, one of our brokers reached out and said, hey, we've got some seven to eight year MGP rye. You want to buy it? It's X amount of dollars a barrel. We did the math. We're like, well, we have to sell it for at least $90 to make it worth our time. And so, buy it. And so this was also at the time, you know, we'd look at back at episode or 
Roundtable 19, $50 was kind of pushing it and should have been like really where it was at. And that was the Templeton and that was everybody else at the time. So I guess the question to you all is, are you getting, are you getting tired of seeing $150 MGPs? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean you're, hmm. $150 MGP or like $400 MGP. Yeah. yeah somebody said smoke wagon. I don't know. I mean, it, it's funny how like we went through this thing where nobody knew what MGP was. Then it was kind of like, you know, a little bit, of, it was frowned upon to be MGP. And now shoot, if you have aged MD, MGP barrels, you're basically sitting on a gold mine. So yeah. um, are we personally tired of it or do we think the market will continue to be tired of it? I don't think it's going away anytime soon. You know, there's just too much fanfare and hype around it. So I think yeah, that, that age it, statement helps. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not how many age stated barrel proof whiskeys out there so that's like anytime you, you have that you're gonna i mean you should pay 100 120 bucks you know because it's just a, a rare item these days and so i'm happy to pay that if it's you know barrel proof got a eight to 12 year age statement it's good whiskey uh just because it's yeah. not very common anymore well exactly i think at this point you know looking back we were burned out on mgp i'd be happy to pay that for a high age mgp just so i didn't have to buy another bottle of dickel Right, kind of this drip. There's, yeah. so much, right? There's so much dick on the market now because they yeah. go from MGP that now you know it's like, all right, MGP, where are you? Um, it's funny how things work out that way in a really which short it is order. interesting because I mean, I feel like it was around everywhere for a while with all kinds of ages, and then all of a sudden, like, there's nothing over 10 years from yeah, MGP right now. So, with all that said about MGP, I mean, I think they got a little bit of competition right now. I got a beat yeah. on some like Jim Beam. Uh, a 15 year old that's in totes, uh, that's coming back from overseas. There's some, you know, there's endless rumors about Turkey having, you know, mass quantities out in totes. There's Barton's got a ton out there. I know Brown Foreman sold some, uh, some stuff at wholesale a while back. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of source Kentucky straight bourbon coming on the market. And Kenny, Ryan. You two are sourced. You, you guys are a sourced whiskey company. You, you're bottlers. I mean, you got MGP. You got Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Which are you choosing? Oh, K-Y. Kentucky Straight Bourbon. <laughs> Every day. Absolutely. Every day. All day. So there you go. last Friday, I um, met a friend, and we tried one of the old eight-year MGP Smooth Amblers. You know, the original Old Scout. Oh, those were so good. There was a flavor. There was a taste that, like, brings me back to the beginning of bourbon and when i started getting into bourbon in 2014 2015 that i haven't had with the newer mgp and i know we all say all oh, the new stuff's not like the old stuff but there is definitely something about that old run of mgp the eight to ten year stuff that was just different from the stuff that was today and i don't know if this because at that point they realized how popular it was and they started making more but you try that stuff and you know that there's definitely a difference between the stuff from even six years ago to today. I mean, they were pulling out honey barrels and those things were so good. And I remember like, you know, when I had the opportunity to do some barrel picks, people were asking me, like, I wanted to do Boone County for a barrel pick because I knew that they had, uh, after smooth ambler, they had the most coveted batch of, uh, barrels from, from MGP. And, you know, we got a couple 12 years that were just amazing. And it's um MGP's got great whiskey. I mean, they really do. And they yep. they do I mean they may be getting sued by their shareholders, but they've got great whiskey. <laughs> <laughs>
I think okay, you're right you on about that too, Fred. I think there's a, a lot of variation in their whiskey as well. And I think maybe people have gotten, and by people, I mean, you know, the, the producers who were sourcing there, you know, just a little overzealous or just don't, you know, look or think about it as, as deeply as they did before when they had more selection, a little more of the power was tilted toward their side. Now it's tilted towards, you know, whoever's selling barrels, barrel brokers and so forth. Um, you know, where now there's still great barrels there, but there's a ton of variation in it. And I think if you're not careful, you're getting a lot of stuff as a producer that's just so-so or even not good. And I think we've seen the age come down with a lot of brands and brands are putting out two year, three year, which is fine. But I think you've got to hunt harder for those, for those good barrels because of it. And who knows if that'll have a long-term, longer term impact on people's perception of MGP. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to say too, cause they kind of have a conflict of interest with having their own brands, you know, and then selling to other companies too. So it's kind of like, all right, you know, you started these two, two brands and now like, uh, I mean, obviously the older stuff sold off, but there there is a stark difference between the the older MGP, like Harry said, and the the newer stuff. Uh, the quality is just not there um, as we're used to. But uh, I don't know; it's kind of a conflict of interest, I think. To you know, we got an episode coming up. We got an episode coming up about that, Ryan. Or, uh, yeah, I wasn't there MGP. either. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been there but you just weren't paying attention that's yeah. all like it was down to <laughs> i think i think you were there was he not was there? I? I can't remember i don't know what episode you're talking about we got a lot of them in the button in the queue to still go Wait, we had the MG- mgp brand manager come oh out. no he wasn't there i was me and you big dog okay yeah that's all right so let's go ahead and we'll move on to another game called who said what and this is kind of looking back at some quotes from uh, a lot of past bcrs and I'll say it, and you all guess and try to figure out exactly who said it. All right? Oh, boy. This is fun. I can't wait. All right. So uh, the first one here. Didn't somebody predict that OFC charitable bottle was a Trojan horse for them and then to release it later for $2,500? Oh, wait. I think that was me. End quote. That's a Blake statement right That's there. Blake. That seems like a Blake. <laughs> that is, it was Blake. That was. I, was say, I feel like I didn't say that because I almost said, "Hold on, I predicted that." And <laughs> yes, you did. Glad I let Kenny finish there, but uh... <laughs> yeah, it's totally Blake. All right, that was an easy one. That was back on uh, episode nineteen, or sorry, episode one forty-three, roundtable nineteen. All right, here's this one. I think there's too many people in this bourbon hobby and they need to get the hell out. Ooh, <laughs> oh, that's Carrie. Yeah, that's Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be. You guys are good. That was Carrie. That was bourbon community roundtable number six. I mean, I still think that way. There's <laughs> <laughs> one who would say, would say <laughs> Love I, don't remember, I don't think anyone else would have said that. <laughs> All right. This is, I guess it kind of goes back to what our last subject was here. So bourbon prices are going up. But if you can be an okay bourbon in an okay price range, you'll be rewarded. That's a Brian statement. Yeah, Brian, that's way too no, logical. I'm, go, I'm so, going with Jordan. Yeah. I'm going with yeah, Jordan. That sounds more like Jordan. I, like, I don't I know that Jordan I said as that. Well. I think that was you, Jordan. That was Jordan. Really? That was Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. 
Yeah. That was that was round table number twenty seven. This is easy, dude. Come on, make it harder. Like feed into our personalities. <laughs> it just ha- it just shows how good of internet friends we are. That's all. That's That's right. I didn't know Kerry was like an FBI profiler. I mean, he's he's like, hold on, what they say? Okay, yep, that's definitely this. Hey, wait, wait. Your next one is curse, curse, curse. Oh, that's Fred. <laughs> <laughs> wait, didn't everybody listen to all of them over the weekend? Wasn't that the homework? Yeah, oh God, yeah. yeah. I can't I can't listen to my own voice. 49 hours. Vodka sucks. <laughs> Somebody said. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. All right. If you had asked me what would have happened in 2018 last year, I would have whiffed hard. Ooh. Ooh. Um, that's pretty bad. Uh, Eric, uh, one quote. I think that's right. Round table. It is Ryan. That is Ryan. That's Ryan. Back on 27. Yeah. Remember I Eric's would... one time on the round table, he was in a closet. Like it. He didn't have a <laughs> <laughs> like a small four by four cell. We, we Where are you, man? Was really me and Nick just running back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you could see, uh, yeah, Nick and Nick and Jordan in the background. <laughs> All right, this one's kind of topical here. Uh, my next Halloween costume, I'm going to be Pappy Van Winkle drinking bourbon all day. <laughs> Fred, Nick, I'm going Nick. I'm going Nick. You guys are right. It is Nick. Really? Man, I'm like over on this. Do you remember that, Nick? <laughs> I, I don't remember that. <laughs> it was back on Burby County Roundtable number 20. Number 20 there. I want All one right. of yours, though, Kenny. Like, you're going to throw us under the bus. Give one of yours. All right, I'm okay, like, I might I throw it. one in okay, there. Okay, everybody gets one. Y'all turn your mics down and mute yourself. I'm tired of you. <laughs> Who said it? <laughs> Move your mic closer. Move it closer. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. Something that pisses me off. Stop it with the crotch shot, guys. I don't need to see any crotch shots in That's 2017. Brian. Let it die. Let it die. Brian. Yeah, I'm going to go Brian. Brian for sure. He, he too. even knows he, it. He's like, cheers. Are you talking about sure. Weller Special Reserve or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good memory. I mean, that was back on roundtable number four. Oh, wow. wow. That's, That's how much he hates wow. wow. That was early Always in the crotch shot, uh, crotch shot movement. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was like mid-season. Crotch well, so well that would have been twenty. That have been twenty sixteen. Yeah, you're right. That's that's mid-season crotch shot time. But yeah. but people are just perfecting their angles. You know, it's been a while. What's, what, the, the worst part of the crotch shot now is they're no longer on social media. It's your friends fucking sending them to you in a text. And you're like, for God's sake, I don't yeah. want to see that. Yeah. In one other scenario, is it okay just because you have a bottle there for you to see? Yeah. And I shit you not, I had a friend who took a picture of a bottle on the table while he was naked. And he see yeah. the reflection. Yes, it happened. A special friend. <laughs> I had to tell yeah, her. You might need to change up those friend lists there, friend. Yeah. Uh, well, Carrie, it was you, so... <laughs> Oh boy. You didn't complain at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got, we got a few more, and then we'll wrap it up here. That barrel with an awesome sticker is probably a barrel that somebody else passed on. Oh, I feel like all of us may have said that. that. I've said that a million times. <laughs> that was me. No, I feel like that was me. I'm thinking Ryan. I'm thinking Ryan. But you asked for one for me, so that was actually me. Uh, yeah, but he uh, heard me say more it. time. I was thinking it. I thought that could be you, Kenny. <laughs> All right, here's here's another one. The last greatest rapper was Tupac. Oh, is that that's me? Blake, 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 Blake for sure. That's he Blake. loves hip hop. 
I don't stand by that statement. I have a few others I'd like to put in my top five, but I'm, I'm pretty sure go I, I'm pretty sure I said that. It was. It was Fred. Oh, oh man. You know, Fred, Fred is so hip. Yeah, I, I, well, today I was hanging out with Yellow Wolf. So yeah, I was pretty jealous of that actually. He would, dude. Oh, yeah. He was so cool. He was cool. He was really cool. All right, all right. One more to kind of close this out. Most people come to our house and we give them really, really rare good stuff. And what does that do? That makes them want the really, really rare good stuff. It's our own damn fault. Ryan. I don't know. I'm going to say Carrie. He's raised his hands because that's exactly what it was. Him back on number five. Yeah, I remember that. Sorry, friends. <laughs> I did ruin you. You're like, here's the best five bottles to get. Michter's 20, you know, as a newbie. Michter's 20, Pappy 15. Dude, Henry McKenna, so good. Fred voted it best freaking bourbon and ruined it for everybody. But, but Kerry, I mean, I, I always see these pictures you're posting. It's your friends over. You got like a really good bottle. It's like drank down to there's a quarter left. I mean, you've posted pictures of stuff before. It's all open. I mean, it's you, man. You're drinking the good stuff, right? So my thing is always, I don't want my friends drinking all of my best bourbon at my funeral. So that's like always my motto is, is uh, I don't want to go out with all the good bourbon sitting in the shelves. So yeah. drink the yeah. good stuff while you can. <laughs> Jody's like selling my... that shit the minute you're gone. <laughs> I know she is. That's like my dad, uh, my dad says about his inheritance. If there was anything left, it was a mistake. You know, for me, it's, it's like, fair enough. <laughs> Well, fellas, that's going to wrap out this 50th recording of the Community Roundtable. For anybody that's sitting here watching it live, stick around. We'll probably sit here and keep talking for a little bit. But I want to say, fellas, thank you so much for coming in. This is a fun episode to kind of look back on four and a half years with you all. We've we've actually we've done a ton of stuff together. We've all grown a lot. We've grown through this hobby a lot. If I could pull up some old pictures, we've I think four years we've changed. I think there was uh, somebody actually asked a question. I didn't put it in here, but. Uh, it was they asked who's going to be the spokesperson for Rogaine at the end of uh, the next uh, round table. So, this guy right here, uh -oh, my forehead right is there. gaining. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, it moves That's why I wear a hat. I've always had a big forehead, so it's not receding. It's just, it's we'll just, just that out there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's been a pleasure, especially like I said, to have everybody on here tonight. This was great to get everybody's input, play a fun game, and and really just to kind of look back at this time because it's it's special of what this has really become, not only just for people that have uh, all 250 people that were actually watching live tonight, but just for us personally to actually create these friendships. It's at I think we can probably speak for each other and say it's been very yeah. fortunate and very incredible over the years. Yeah, that's been and the best part. And we'll have we'll have an in-person one. We had one at Bourbon and Beyond uh, last year. We'll have it again sometime. And, you know, I know we tried to do this in person. It didn't work out. But, you know, Kenny, I know how hard you work to try and make it so. But, guys, it's just so great seeing you all. It's always great hanging out. But I do look forward to the moment where we can toast a glass and, you know, rag on each other in person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And maybe drink all the bourbon in my house. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> great. That. I think we should go to Carrie's. Let's go to Atlanta. Let's go. They got good barbecue oh. there. They got the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. Have they won a game yet? Yeah, we won one. Just, oh, just, cool, no. cool. It hurts. All right, well, let's go ahead and start closing this out. So, Carrie, I'll let you go first. Uh, go first with what? Close. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been here for a while. 
Hey guys, I thanks for coming and it was a great time. <laughs> I love it. It's short and sweet. It's the best. <laughs> All right, Nick Jordan, go for it. Sure. This is Jordan from Breaking Bourbon. You can find us at Breaking Bourbon on everything, including our website. You know, really just want to say though, it's been really something special to grow this over the last four and a half years. Just the the close friendships and more importantly, you know, doing this roundtable. And really a privilege for all of us to just be able to shoot the shit and talk about bourbon and have all the listeners out there really tune in and, and interact with us. So cheers to everyone at home listening. I think, I think Jordan said it, you know, I just echo that same thing. You know, I'm sure everybody echoes that all the chatter, you know, everybody watching and, and tuning in it just great time. Yeah. If anything, encourage everybody holidays are coming up, um, you know, get somebody new interested in bourbon, you know, just one person uh, start there. You know, it's just, it's a thing that connects people and uh, it's fantastic. I'm glad to be part of this group and, and, and glad to uh, see everybody and see everybody on, you know, watching and listening today. So thanks guys. Brian. Thanks for having me on this. It's been fantastic. Echo both what, what everybody said already. And um, it's, it's just been fantastic to do this. I enjoy it. Let's, let's keep on doing it. The quote that I wish you would have called for me though, Carrie was it's probably the only thing I remember saying on this. And it, it was within the last year, and I told Ryan, as your counsel, I advise you to shut the up. <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying something he shouldn't have, but it's it's yeah. all good. It's it's great. So uh, everybody, thanks for being here. Thanks for enjoying this with us over the last four and a half years. Uh, find me at bourbonjustice.com and sippingcorn.com. Right on. I, I tend to do that. So thanks for looking out for yeah. me, Brian. Absolutely. I got your back. <laughs> Blake. Yeah, once again, guys, uh, Blake from Bourboner and Sealbox. It, it is crazy to get reflective and and look back at you know kind of how far this has become of just this random uh, Twitter group message we had to you know fifty episodes later. So thanks again to Kenny, Fred, Ryan, you know Lauren. I feel like Lauren does not get enough uh, credit on the actual show, but uh, you know really making this thing work. So as always, thanks for having me. Great time. Fantastic. Thank you. Yep. And, uh, you know, Ryan or yeah, Ryan and Fred, I kind of want to lean in on you and let you two kind of close it out with anything you want to kind of add as well. Uh, you know, I mean, it, to me, this is the culture of bourbon. This this round table is uh, it's always such a pleasure to be hanging out with my friends and and yeah. talking about what's going on. And th what I love about it is that we 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 talk about things that matter to uh, bourbon folks, you know, so. And I think that's why, like, anytime you go to Bourbon Pursuit, you look at find us on Instagram, you listen to us, you can see that the the vision and the goal is always to try and keep the conversation moving about bourbon. Cheers. I mean, what an incredible journey. I mean, good God. When I was said Kenny and I sat in this base sat in my basement and did this, I never thought we would be here, you know, doing fifty episodes of round tables. I mean, this round table epitomizes what bourbon is to me and to everyone it's hanging out with your close friends you know just having a great time enjoying different drinks different topics different comments just catching up it's not about the whiskey it's about the people and that's what's so special about this hobby is that it brings you so close to people and it's just something you can all gather around no matter what's going on what's going on in your life in the world it's just something for an hour we just sit and focus and it's so refreshing Whereas all day long, you just get bombarded by junk. And, you know, it's just so refreshing to be able to spend time with people and, you know, that you care about 
and that you can just hang out and uh i'm just thankful for it all that's all i can say so hey kenny i'm gonna give a shout shout out to lauren too that was whoever said don't or that lauren doesn't get enough credit she does not she has to put up with me she has to put up with kenny when we do all this stuff i mean she picks through this stuff it's incredible how much effort and just the work she puts in and it's it's i'm so grateful for both the coleman's and everyone here uh it's awesome stuff you're you're the people's champ for a reason, bro. Yeah, that's that's yeah. tough. To get to. I, yeah. I I needed to collect some thoughts. That's tough to go after because you you are the people's champ, and uh, I think when Kenny and I first maybe maybe and I even floated the idea maybe at this roundtable. I don't know, like four, six, or seven years ago. You guys, what's been cool to me is to see how all of you have flourished in the bourbon hobby. Like this is your hobby. This is what you do for fun. And it's been cool to see all of you guys flourish, even as I have taken a back seat and enjoyed, retired, and and honestly, I enjoy my retirement. You guys are busting your ass every day for the bourbon community. You do it for for the love of the hobby. And on behalf of all the people who are not in the bourbon blogging shoes and the level that you guys are, thank you for all the work that you guys do for our community. Well, cheers. Thank you, everybody. So this is... I don't like getting sentimental on these shows, but it is fun to uh, kind of put it out there. So everybody knows that this isn't just a, a bunch of banter. Like, we really do care for each other. There's a lot of hard work that goes behind it, not just for Bourbon Pursuit, but for everybody that's here. Everybody puts a, a lot of heart and soul into this hobby, and it's it's good to see you know all, it all out there for everybody. But let's go ahead and we'll kind of call it for this episode, BCR 50 in the books. We'll okay. go back and... Woo. We'll look back at uh, what dumb quotes we say when we hit BCR 100. <laughs> so uh, uh, it'll be on 51. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when you stop recording, all the quotes will be <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Cheers, everybody, and we'll see you all next week. Cheers, cheers, cheers everybody. Cheers.